This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 142, off-season. In this episode, I've got some knitting and spinning, a little tale for you about itty-bitty and socks. I am all spun up about off-season knitting. But of course, we will kick this episode off with some updates. And this edition of updates is more of a recap of my travels and Maryland Sheep and Wool. So, Maryland Sheep and Wool was, again... Another great event. I'm so happy I got the chance to go. Me and my Tanya did the full two days. We got there and got in line before the gates open and stayed as long as we could stand it. (laughs) So the weather was absolutely beautiful. It got a bit warm on Saturday, like toward the afternoon when the place was like completely packed full of thousands of people. So we, I think we headed out about 2.30 and then on day two, we were probably worn out by about 1.30, but it was great. So there have been some changes, not necessarily big changes, but some little changes to the event that were a little jarring at first, but we adjusted. They reorganized some of the vendor spaces and added some food vendors and moved food vendors around and some things like that. So the folks that are in the two corrals, like the lower corral and the upper corral, those vendors actually had like huge coverings instead of just being a spattering of tents out in the corral. So that was pretty cool. And the weather was beautiful and the ground was dry. So that was great. But I bet it, it kind of helped keep it a little cooler because they had complete covering from the direct sunshine. So that was pretty nice. There were vendors that we were used to seeing that just weren't there. Some had relocated, which was great. And then there were quite a few new vendors that it was really good to see things mixed up a little bit. The basic setup of the event was was pretty much the same because, I mean, they're working in a standard space. But yeah, we had a really good time. And this year, I decided that I was going to approach Maryland Sheep and Wool with shopping goals so that I didn't get overwhelmed and just end up buying more of the same stuff. (laughs) I have a tendency to do that. Like I have a tendency to go, ooh, look at this color but the vendor may have had it the last two years and I'll pick myself up another braid of that color. (laughs) Like, I I think I'm notorious for that when it comes to vendors like Into the World, but I did pretty good. So one of my primary goals this time around was to find braids for spinning in beautiful colors, of course, but I wanted stuff blended specifically with nylon so that I could spin for socks. And that... I think kind of kept me from going down too many rabbit holes and it was really good. And I found some beautiful stuff and I'm very pleased with that. What else? Oh, I also had a goal to buy yarn, not fingering weight. That was full of sunshine and magic. Not for me either. That was for itty bitty. She has actually taken up some crochet on a pretty regular basis, which is great because when she's got downtime from school or just needs to empty your brain because she's been studying for hours. She is using the crochet, you know, for relaxation and 
just sheer enjoyment. So I found a handful of skeins of yarn for her that are pretty yellows and oranges and stuff. Colors that, yeah, full of sunshine because that's that's what she likes. <laughs> Yellow brings her joy. So I was pretty pleased that that happened and that I was able to find her some stuff that she liked. And of course we shopped for fleece, but I didn't come home with any this year. It occurred to me recently that I don't have any medium wool fleeces. I don't know why, but I've got all long wools and then fine fleeces. I don't have any medium wool fleeces. So I was kind of shopping for that, but not totally committed to buying one and bringing it home. And I brought zero fleece home this year. Maybe something at Estes Park will spark me if I find some medium fleece that in a color that I like. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, overall, the trip was great. Like I had good flight itineraries out and back, which is awesome because it's not easy to find from Colorado Springs. Everything was relatively uneventful. I had plenty of time off. We had some really good pajama days and watched a lot of junk television. I actually met a bunch of my coworkers during that two-day conference that we had in Maryland. So that was cool. Yeah, it was just really an all-out successful trip, and I'm so glad I had the chance to go. Oh, and a little cherry on the top of my return trip is that my mother landed in Colorado Springs about 20 minutes after I did. She came into town for my nephew's graduation, and I was able to pick her up and drive us from the airport. We spent Mother's Day together, which was great, and both of the girls were able to make it down here to see us and we had a good brunch and we've had some meals and she's still in town so there'll be a lot more meals with my brother and his family because they are hosting her this trip and yeah it's just been an all-around good time and it looks like that's just about all I've got going on on updates so I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I have a little story for you about Itty Bitty and socks. Hand knit socks, that is. So, by now, you are probably aware of my sock knitting policy. If I did not choose to spend the rest of my life with you or give birth to you, I don't plan on having that intimate of a relationship with your feet. And that's where Itty Bitty comes in. She is the sweetest. Right now, she's in Philadelphia with her best friend, Erin. Erin's mother passed away three weeks after they graduated from high school. I really wanted to go to her graduation, but with all of the other work and leisure trips that I had planned this month, before I even found out about her graduation date, I wasn't able to swing it. But Itty Bitty went out there for the graduation, and she asked me if I had knit any socks for Erin. <laughs> and I'm like, you know I didn't. And here's where the sweet part comes in. Itty Bitty has offered to give up her lifetime of hand-knit socks from me for Erin. Because Erin doesn't have a mommy to knit her socks. And Zoe thinks that Erin needs hand-knit socks. So she said, you never have to knit me another pair of socks. If you want to knit me socks, why don't you knit them for Erin instead? <laughs> So she is substituting Aaron into the sock knitting policy. Is that not the sweetest thing ever? They're great kids. I adore them both. I'm glad I can be there for Aaron. Sometimes from other things that um, her dad just doesn't want to hear about. 
and they're great kids and itty bitty is such a sweetheart. And I think Erin may be an exception to the rule and get herself a pair of hand-knit socks from me. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. I have been very, very busy. I have finished some stuff and started some stuff and have been planning for some future stuff. In knitting, the cardigan was complete, complete, like 100% complete with buttons attached and blocked and everything before I departed for Maryland. So that was really awesome. I was able to plan a work outfit around this cardigan. It was very cool. I just wore, it's an oatmeal color, so I just wore it over a white t-shirt with jeans and then wore my red wingtip shoes that coordinated with my bright red buttons. So I was super pleased with that. And I didn't even need my Tanya's help to get it done. Right? I'm so proud. And the socks. The socks are finished. 100% complete. And I've even worn them once. So that is super cool. I don't know when and if I'm going to cast on another pair of socks. I do like to have a pair of socks on the needles because it's an easy travel project. And as long as I can see, really what I need to do is pick like a true fat fingering weight yarn or maybe even a sport weight yarn for my stash and knit socks out of that instead of the light fingering that has been plaguing my eyes. So it's cool. So one thing I wanted to share with you that I did when it came to working on those socks was to kind of get rid of some of the boredom that I was having with them and maybe make it a little easier to manage those for travel. I like finish them one at a time, which I typically don't. I'll work them two at a time and complete a section on each before I move to the next section. Like I'll do both toes, do both feet, do both heels, do both legs. But I switched because what I decided to do was do a little experiment with some new needles. One of the girls in my knit group, Christy, she absolutely raves about Addy Flexi Flip needles. And it's essentially three double pointed needles, but they are joined with a flexible section in the middle so that you can actually work something in the round on just three needles because they flex and you get kind of the same shape that you would working with standard DPNs. So I decided to try those and I bought a set of size twos in eight inch length from my local yarn store on local yarn store day before I went to Maryland Sheep and Wool and I, I worked the leg and the cuffs on both of those socks on those flexi tips. And at first I struggled. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I like these. They're bl- more blunt than my DPN. So it's a little bit harder to work on this fine yarn. And then like halfway through working with them, I realized that they are called flexi flips because one needle tip is very pointy and the other needle tip is very blunt. So I just had to make sure I started off knitting with the sharp end. And yeah, I just felt like such a moron when I realized that one tip was blunt and one tip was sharp. And that just really made a huge difference. But I did get those socks done and I'm super pleased and they're cozy and I like them. I'd actually like to try that stitch pattern again on a yarn that has less color variation because it was really hard to see the texture because the color was so variated. So 
So I think I'll either go for like a semi-solid or a solid or maybe even like a tweed and see how that turns out. So I'm looking forward to trying that. But it was really interesting to work with those new needles and I enjoyed it. And I will let you know once I've done like a bigger project on those, how I really feel about them. But that was pretty cool. Since I completed both of those items, I have cast on for bird's hat and I've got the brim just about halfway done. It's 14 rounds and I think I'm on like round eight. So that's coming along. And I did cast on and start working my swatch for that tank top I was talking about. So that's pretty cool. And I'm excited. Like, look at all that progress. That's not like me at all. (laughs) The next thing that I need to do so I can keep my momentum going is I really feel like I need to pick my next sweater and get that cast on because I am enjoying the sweater knitting. And I think as far as like my knitting history goes, this really is like the most concentrated time I've spent knitting sweaters. So I'd like to just keep that momentum going. And I may post something over on the Ravelry threads to get everybody's opinion on what like their favorite sweaters have been to knit to maybe help guide my decisions. I'm thinking I want something in an Aran or a worsted weight, you know, size eight, nine needles, something easy on the eyes and the hands. That will be really nice. And yeah, I'm looking forward to picking a sweater and getting it cast on. I got a couple, no, I got one really beautiful sweater quantity of yarn when I was at Maryland Sheep and Wool. And I have several other sweater quantities of yarn in my stash that I've picked up at various like clearance sales and stuff. So I can't wait to pick the next thing. And as far as spinning goes, I didn't get a whole ton done. I did pack and take my sparrow with me to Maryland Sheep and Wool. Only got a little bit of spinning done, but I am spinning on some spunky eclectic in the base panda, which is 60% superwash merino, 30% bamboo viscose, and 10% nylon. And I can't even pronounce the colorway, but it is a progressive dye. So it starts out at gray and progresses through purple into red, pink, orange, and ends at yellow. And it should be really pretty. Right now, as I record, I am actually, well, make it a mess is what I'm doing. I'm actually dividing the braid lengthwise so I can try and spin for two matching socks. So that's my goal. And I'm just like, I've got all this fiber on my lap right now and I'm trying to uh, organize it so I'm not making a huge mess as I'm dividing it. It's not going very well. Okay, I think I'm in order now. And that's really all I've been doing on spinning. Now that I'm back in town, I will be returning to processing my Gotland fleece so I can start spinning on that. Because, you know, I set that accidental deadline of having that done by October. And I think if I just focus and get it all processed, then the spinning should come pretty easy because I'm totally infatuated with that fiber. And I don't feel like I will lose interest at all in that as I'm working through it. So that's pretty cool. And I'm excited. And because of all my travels, I really have not had a whole ton of time dedicated to crafting outside of my little travel projects. But yeah, I feel like I've gotten a ton done. And my momentum is still holding pretty solid. And I cannot wait to see what the next couple weeks brings in making progress on all that stuff.
since this is a pretty travel heavy episode i thought i would take a minute or two to share my spin on packing for travel fiber events i have a method to my madness if it involves an airplane and a suitcase i have specific things that i take and specific reasons for taking all of those things so first i always pack a small project or two so that i have something to work on actually on the plane or you know when i'm hanging out with friends and all those sorts of things usually they're small just so they can fit in my actual carry-on bag and i really only had the one project with me this past one it was the socks but i also brought that hat so that once i finished the socks or the socks made me angry i could cast on the hat and have another small project so they fit in small bags that will tuck easily into my carry-on bag i always bring a ball or two of extra yarn and needles just in case all of my works in progress make me angry and i need to work on something else so i brought the yarn i would need to swatch for the tank top even though i didn't actually get any of that done while i was on my trip i didn't even get that started until today and that's all my magical carry-on stuff in my baggage i pack reusable shopping bags and a sling bag because that's what i like to have with me when i go to events so i can carry all the stuff i don't take like my traditional grown-up purse i just take the sling bag with me and that's what i use at the actual event itself and i actually pack that in my luggage because it's not big enough for a carry-on but it works out great for fiber events and i like it i take some reference material such as the field guide to fleece which stayed in the sling bag and is still in the sling bag even though that's been emptied out and put away so i know exactly where it is and i take ann bud's yarn requirements little cheat sheet thing that went along with the handy book of knitting patterns there's like a co-publication that's just a trifold document that's laminated that you know gives you estimates of yarn requirements for whatever kind of project you're going to take on blankets sweaters socks hats and all that stuff so that's handy to have around if you're trying to figure out how much yarn you need to buy for specific projects and what else here is the kicker i learned this during my very first maryland sheep and wool i pack all my clothes all those extra things in a small suitcase and then i pack this full small suitcase in a large empty suitcase because i never have the time to like go to the post office and ship stuff to myself and typically the airline that i choose to fly with has two free bags so it doesn't cost me anything extra to bring this stuff home and i can definitely redistribute the weight to make sure i'm not going over and accruing additional baggage fees so yeah that's what i did i packed a full suitcase inside an empty suitcase and typically it's just because i need to be prepared in case a fleece follows me home but even if a fleece doesn't follow me home it definitely comes in really handy <laughs> and it did i needed it to get the stuff home i purchased and you know things i acquired from my tanya and that kind of stuff and yeah so that's really my approach i think the two must items are the reusable shopping bags and an event bag plus the empty suitcase if you're gonna fly if you're driving it doesn't really matter because you can just kind of throw your extra purchases in the back of your car and you're good to go but i always take the extra suitcase if i'm flying to a major event and i think that is the biggest piece of advice i can offer anyone who is flying to attend any major 
fibery events like organ flock and fiber, Rhinebeck, Maryland sheep and wool, because you really never know how much stuff you might come home with, even if it's not necessarily purchased, but acquired at the event. Before this episode comes to a close, I want to tell you why I am all spun up about off-season knitting. So one of the things I realized when I figured out the whole accidental deadline thing is that I'm not very good at planning out my knits by season. What I mean by that is, let's talk about this tank top. I should have been planning for swatching and designing this tank top in winter so that when spring arrived, it was done and ready to wear. I don't seem to be able to manage my knits that way. Like I just finished a 100% wool cardigan in like really warm spring, almost summertime, and only had one opportunity to wear it. And I might go so far as to say I wore it out of principle, even though it was definitely too warm of a day in Maryland for me to be wearing it. And I just don't know how I'm going to get that under control. I I mean, I think I'm going to have to literally look at a whole annual calendar and go, Shiloh, you need to be knitting this type of item during this season so it's ready to wear or ready to publish at this time of year. And yeah, that, I don't know if it plagues me, and I really, it just, it annoys me. It annoys me that I hadn't thought of it before then, but I need to, especially I think when it comes to designing patterns, figure out what kind of items I need to be publishing like 100% done with at one type of year based on the weather. And I need to get that under control because I am completely annoyed with myself about it. And that is what has me all spun up. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Before I head out, I wanted to mention some of the stuff I've got going on here in the near future. So my June lineup is getting pretty full. Like the second and third week of June are packed and I don't know how it happened. I have like back-to-back stuff that I can't get around. So one is going to be my amazing trip to Estes Park and camping in the Rocky Mountain National Park, which is going to be awesome. And I can't wait for that. Another thing that is literally the day after we get back, it's shearing day at the breeder. So we will have to have all of the arrangements for the boys set up before we leave for the national park and have everything ready so that we can get our boys shorn on the Sunday after we get back. And we decided last year that we're not going to do the shearing ourselves ever again because we only have three alpaca. And it is a lot of work and we are not experts. And the best way to get quality fleece is to pay the pro that goes to my breeder's farm every year and volunteer to do grunt work at the farm while they're doing all the shearing. He shears about 120 head every year and our three boys are typically at the tail end, but we will spend the entire day doing 
It's actually a two-day event, but we won't be back in time for the first day. So we're volunteering on the second day. We'll do manual labor to help the process go faster and make sure all the animals get through the line. And yeah, so that's going to make for a very, very, very busy week. Another thing that I have on my agenda here in the very near future is to take on the challenge of refurbishing three antique circular sock machines that I have stored in the craft room. It is time to get those in working order and start using them and or sell them. So I have three and I got them on random sales and I can't even guarantee that they all have the correct parts. So the master plan for that is to beg, borrow, and steal and from each other and hopefully end up with at least one complete circular sock knitting machine. If I end up with more than one in working order, I plan to sell one and keep one or sell two and keep one. So yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. But I did, through Facebook, actually manage to find a really good resource who is knowledgeable and 100% willing to share their experience so that I can successfully refurbish these machines. And I'm pretty excited about that. It shouldn't take very long. I just don't know what sort of, you know, degreasers and cleansers and oils and those sorts of materials that I need to clean these up, get them working without ruining them. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I've got a lot going on in the weeks to come and I'm pretty stoked. I will be leading us out of this episode with a song by Amy Winehouse. And I want to thank you all for tuning in again. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. Catch me on Ravelry and social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon.